Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. My dear friends, as we detox from the matzah at our seders on this only Sabbath that occurs during Passover week, whichever Haggadah you used likely emphasized a character who was de-emphasized when the Seder was originally conceived. The ordered clarification of what Passover is about, known as the Seder, was created by the rabbis to distinguish the three-word idea behind Passover, freedom from slavery, as distinct from what then a new religion's message was about the blood of a savior, a human sacrifice. Yes, that is why the early rabbis ordered the Haggadah to de-emphasize Moses and make it clear that Moses was not any more godly than any other human. The rabbis initially left Moses out of the Haggadah just to make that point. And yet... While it's true from a Jewish perspective that God incarnates God's self in every human being equally, Moses' courage, character, human achievement looms large. And the catalyst for the towering figure of Moses in the book of the Torah we return to this week for Passover Shabbat before next week's bat mitzvah, Blake Barden takes us back to Leviticus, where we are in the cycle. It all begins with the burning bush depicted on our massive ark in the main sanctuary. And to appreciate the significance of this incident, it's important to understand that what mattered most to the rabbinic mind was not the miracle itself of the burning bush that launched Moses' career, but the particular kind of miracle that occurred. The rabbis never questioned the power of the creator to do things that defied the natural order of creation. All that they ever questioned and pondered was the vehicle by which God performed that miracle. In this case, a prickly thorn bush that burned but was never consumed. And it was that particular instrument of revelation that earlier rabbis felt compelled to explain. The rabbinic sages offered several interpretations for such an extraordinary phenomenon. I just want to share a few tonight. One explanation rested on the observation that a thorn bush is a seemingly insignificant creation that is small 
and likely to cause unnecessary discomfort. Yet it was from a lowly thorn bush that God chose to appear to Moses rather than from the lofty peaks of the mountaintops. God, they declared, wished to emphasize that even the lowliest of creations can miraculously become inflamed and filled with divine sparks. And therefore, they continued, even the humblest of humans can make history. A man who stuttered, a man of no words, and even a humble person can make history if they are filled with a divine inspiration. So as I was preparing this sermon, I thought about this rabbinic point as I watched so many powerless and traumatized Tennessee school children and their parents, and three disempowered Tennessee state legislators, including my good friend, Justin Pearson, stripped of their power and their positions for violating decorum in speaking up for gun sense legislation following the 141st mass shooting in America since January alone. 5,000 kids killed. This one in a Nashville school 22 miles from where Emily Groff Heilborn, our music and cantorial director, was teaching at this time last year. On this freedom holiday, the relevance of God appearing in the nonviolent fight for saving innocent lives by kids and a few legislators in light of Passover bears mentioning because freedom from Egypt is not the end of the story for Moses and our ancestors. No, it's not just freedom from, it's freedom toward Sinai and our responsibilities and obligations to one another is the end goal. Without the responsibility that comes with freedom, we distort what the freedoms we believe in as a Jewish people demand. With rights come obligations, which is why leaving the Torah in the American context even the Second Amendment to the Constitution begins with the words, a well-regulated militia, before any citizen has the right to bear arms. And I'm not questioning the right to bear arms. I thought of the extraordinary presence of a moral God in a seemingly ordinary creation, a bush. As I saw these young kids and parents holding signs which read, every child has the right to go to school without the fear of getting killed. What's wrong with background checks? Another read, every adult has the right to go to a grocery store without the fear of getting murdered by a weapon of war. Every police officer who stops a criminal in the act of a crime should not have to face an AR-15 or be outgunned by some crackpot claiming 
that he or she has the same right that a policeman, policewoman, or soldier has in the name of Passover's big idea, freedom. That's a distortion of what freedom means, says our tradition. This hyper-individualism argument that freedom has no limits on my choices doesn't align with Jewish teachings. Dead nine-year-old children is not the price the society has to ever pay for freedom. And blaming 141 mass shootings this year and counting on mental health alone when other nations have the same mental health problems but not our gun disease is a cop-out. Gun violence is a uniquely American problem because the very crux of this holiday's message, freedom, has been hijacked by cowardly politicians and ideologues. Gun violence is a uniquely American problem, killing our police officers who used to encounter handguns and now encounter guns used by soldiers. In case you didn't know, yet another reason why this should not be a political issue is that the distortion of freedom in America leading to the availability of automatic weapons explains the violence in Mexico too. The government in Mexico does not allow these guns. Did you know that 90% of the guns that the drug cartels obtain and use to kill American tourists, Mexican citizens, local police officers, they come from America, the guns. Freedom was never meant to be the excuse to justify the madness only America's distortion of gun freedom has created. So good, good for the humblest of human beings, school children filled with the divine inspiration, making history peacefully, thank God, on the steps of the Nashville State House this week. The rabbis added, not just that God chose a lonely thorn bush because even the humblest kid could speak morality. They added that God chose a lonely thorn bush as evidence of God's empathy with the lowly state of our people at that time who suffered as degraded slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. God wanted us to realize God's own sympathy for our plight. In other words, what Passover and Moses are teaching, God is not on the side of tyranny. And silence only enables the tormentor, not the tormented, not the slave. Still other commentators riff on our temple's ark's burning bush. They found meaning in the symbolism of a thorn bush in terms of its peculiar qualities. I haven't tried this, but this is what the rabbis said. If you thrust your hand into a thorn bush, you suffer no pain because the thistles point downward. Only when you try to withdraw your hand do you catch the painful claws on your skin. And in this way, we're told, the bush symbolized the experience of our people in Egypt. At first, we were welcome. We went in. We felt no pain. We actually loved Egypt. But when we left Egypt, when we demanded our release, then we felt the sting of Pharaoh's tyranny. 
I worry about the apathy of our times in response not only to the madness of limitless gun rights, but to the plight of so many women and children in poverty hidden from our eyes. That tonight, only 6% of the beds in Memphis are available for women, where 35% of the homeless are women and children. There's also apathy about youth without families or mentors, the mentally ill with nowhere to turn. My imam friend told me this week at the iftar I participated in that they give out food at the mosque, but when you have mental health issues, more is needed than handing out the meal. We Jews and other immigrants who came to America and did all right, we were once the outsiders. Now that we're the insiders with no plans to leave, we have forgotten what it means to be the outsider on the margins. This is why we take this week to say not once upon a time Jewish people felt the sting and pain of enslavement. No, we're supposed to say that each of us knows the pain because nobody's free until everyone is free. I just want to give you one more before I close interpretation to this Passover story that began with Moses seeing God in the lowly thorn bush. We're told that the bush that burned but was not consumed, and let this be comfort tonight. We're told that was a way of assuring Moses, the bush that burned but was not burned up. It was an assurance that the Jewish people would never be destroyed. That just as that bush survived the heat and fury of the flames and the times, so too our Jewish people would emerge secure somehow because of God's protection. We're taught further that therefore not only Egypt, but no other nation on earth will ever succeed in obliterating the Jewish people teaching Torah from the pages of history. If disaster befalls us in one place, God redeems us in another. And when you think about the Jewish journey through time, that's been the story, hasn't it? As the Passover Haggadah reminds us, again last night and Wednesday night, you probably read this, many nations have arisen to destroy us and put an end to our purpose, but none has succeeded, and none ever will. Now, this is not an easy thesis to prove, but the survival of our people, it's an awesome mystery, isn't it? It defies rational explanation. The fact of the matter is that we have survived against the most overwhelming odds conceivable, and not only survived, Jews have invigorated Western civilization beyond any reasonable explanation. We've been bruised and battered, even enslaved, but we have never been beaten. Our constant renewal as a faith and a people committed to justice and freedom for others remains one of the most profound mysteries the world has ever witnessed. That's not only a major message of the burning bush, it's the message of that eternal light above the ark.
a glimpse of the Passover vision, a vision of truth and beauty and goodness and decency and sanity, which our people are still trying to bring to this world as our continuing legacy for all humankind. Amen.